I despise your killings and rapings. You are despicable. Are you my judge? It's just you should be punished. I'm going to chop off your arm. So you ready? Everyone and welcome back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host Paul Martinez, and we are talking more of the New York Asian Film Festival screenings that I've gone to. Told to be back in a few days. As a matter of fact, the uh, festival ended last night, but we're not finished. We're going to keep coming uh, with reviews from films I've screened at the festival. We got four more today, and we're going to. Start right off with the Tagalong, which is a horror film out of Taiwan, made in 2015, directed by Y. Hao Chang. Really, he's uh, kind of his feature film debut. I think he did a documentary before this, which I didn't see. So this was kind of his uh, big feature debut here. It's starring An Su. Uh, who plays uh, Yi Jun Shen, uh, mostly known as a popular TV series actress. A um, couple of movie roles, but nothing really of note. Also starring River Huang as Z.Y. Hei. Uh, he uh, is a young actor. Uh, probably his biggest role would have been in Finding Anthony, which I did not see. And also starring Yin Shang Lu, who plays Grandma. Um, she's been in a lot of films, always in a supporting role. Um, never really in my... So off the top of my head, I haven't seen her in anything uh, as a starring role ever. Um, and the only thing I could really remember her, that I know she had a bit role in Nine Demons, the uh, Ricky Chen Tai film. So, uh, you know, not a very well-known cast. For, I guess, non-Taiwanese uh, viewing audience. But uh, they were good, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And my tagline is, if you've been listening to the show, I always come up with a tagline for each film. And this one is, don't look behind you. So what's this about? Uh, in a small mountain town, people are going missing only to return days later as then someone else goes missing in their place. When a young female radio disc jockey's fiancé is the latest to go missing, she must face her past demons as well as new ones to bring him back. So, here we have that stereotypical creepy girl ghost terrorizing everyone with the long black hair. You know, it's been done before. A lot. And better. Still, it's been done worse, too, than it was here. The ghost is particularly creepy this time around, which uh, helps a little bit. But while there are a couple of genuine scares, it never gets to that point of atmosphere of fear that you really want in a horror film. You know, that that feeling of dread or uneasiness throughout the film. Uh, you don't really get that. Um, at least I didn't. The acting, as I started to talk about, was actually surprisingly good considering I didn't really know these actors, especially Yin Sheng Yu as grandma. Um, she is very likable as the doting, yet take it for granted, uh, 
matriarch. And Sue, also very good in this role, which was not easy considering some of the lines he was given, which I didn't think were written particularly well. And um, still, I thought CC came off fairly well in the film. Really, everybody did. There was nobody here. Even River Huang was okay. I didn't find anybody's acting to uh, be grading in any way. As far as the film, I mean, there's really nothing wrong with the film per se. But it just seems like at times it's kind of plodding along with no sense of urgency to really grab the viewer. I mean, there is an interesting plot line uh, considering the genre, which has been really overdone. This was a little bit of a fresh take on it. Not totally fresh, but interesting enough. Um, I thought the screenplay was fairly good, and the ending sequence is well done, and it's really the highlight of the watch. While there's not an open ending, there are things left for the viewer to ponder and comprehend, which I always like. I always like a film that you have to think a little when it's over. And while I will admit to not thinking uh, a lot about this film after, I did think a little bit and had some conversations about um, their take on the ending and how, how things went. So I think in that that way, um, it's somewhat interesting the way uh, this played out. And like I said, pretty much nothing really done wrong with the film. Everything was done okay. I just, I don't know. And I talked about this last show with the priest. I just feel like a horror film needs to have a little more horror. This, you know, it, I need to feel a little more suspense, a little more uneasiness. You know, I'm trying to think of horror films I've seen that have that. Uh, the Conjuring, uh, for, as an American film, you know, a very uneasy film. Uh, if you want to talk Asian films, Takashi Miki's epic uh, audition. A film that, no matter what was happening on the screen, you never felt safe. You know what I mean? And this, this film just didn't have that. It's an okay one-time view. It just wasn't scary enough. I give it a 5 out of 10. Again, it's nothing bad. It's nothing that you're going to be like, Oh, I can't believe I wasted my time watching this. But at the same time, I don't think it's anything that you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is great. I need to watch this again and show it to all my friends. Our next film is Mob Fathers, 2016 out of Hong Kong, directed by Herman Yao. Uh, Herman Yao's been directing in Hong Kong for a long time. I would say he's easily most famous for The Untold Story, Ebola Syndrome, and the Troublesome Night series. He is respected, but not overly highly regarded as a director in Hong Kong. Like he's made a lot of films. He's um, had films go on to film festivals and what have you. He's just never, to me, broken that glass ceiling to get to the likes of names like Troy Hark, John Woo, uh, you know, Wilson Yip and others like that. But, I mean, he, he, he's done a lot of films and he's established. And, uh, you know, he is a, a true professional director. Um, like I said, I loved Untold Story. I loved Ebola Syndrome, not as a great movie, but almost as a parody. Um, but, but I thought it, uh, it was fun. It's a cult classic. And the Thomas of Night series, wow, I was not a big fan of it. I know many people who were. So, I mean, again, 
No doubt, if you're a fan of Hong Kong films, you've seen a Herman Yao film. He's made plenty of them. And uh, that's my story with Herman. Starring Chapman Toe as Chuck. Most notably, you would know him from the Infernal Affairs series, which he was really good in. He was in Initial D. He was in this film, Bulgaria, which I am really need to get to see. It's near the top of my two-view list. I really want to see Bulgaria. Uh, so that's a film I'm planning to see fairly soon hopefully and uh, he, he was in that as well also starring Gregory Wong who plays Wolf uh, he's pretty much a TV actor throughout his career he had a small role in the film Iceman uh, as a police officer if I remember correctly but uh, he was okay in this but uh, he's really been more known as a TV actor up to this point also starring Anthony Wong, Anthony Chow Sang Wong. There is another Anthony Wong out there, much lesser known, just in case anybody confuses the two. But this is Anthony Chow Sang Wong, the, the great actor who plays the godfather in this film. Of course, Anthony Wong, known by the guy who made 200 films, um, a lot of Milky Way productions, The Exiled. Also, of course, teaming up with Herman Yao for the untold story, Andy Bola Syndrome. And uh, Infernal Affairs, Anthony Wong's been in, uh, you know, believe me, you've seen Anthony Wong in tons of stuff. And Philip Kung, who plays Luke. Uh, Philip Kung, always that supporting role guy, really never, I can't remember seeing him as a star in anything except maybe to see Two Thumbs Up. He was the co-star of that. Um, he had a good role, I thought, in Drug War. Uh I thought he was very good in Treviso, which we're going to talk about at the end of the show. Uh, so Philip Kong, kind of this you know, supporting actor guy. You've seen him. If you see his face, you'll, you'll recognize him, uh, but never really as the main guy. But I, I think he's a talented actor, personally. And the tagline for this film, a story about family. So what's this about? After serving a seven-year prison sentence, a triad leader is released just before there are to be elections for the new frontman of the gang. Uh, despite at first not wanting to return to that life, he then becomes obsessed by it and goes into an all-out war with another top candidate. So, obviously there's more to this than that, but that is the central story here. But in reality, this movie is a parallel to the current political situation of Hong Kong and China. And this was so evident that China actually has banned this film from being shown in mainland China. In fact, I believe Yao and Anthony Wong and maybe Chapman Cho as well have actually been banned from there as well because of their very public stance on the state of affairs since China seized back control of Hong Kong and really to tragic results for the people of Hong Kong. So they, they're very vocal about this. They're very uh, opposed to current, uh, uh, I guess, direction by the China government. And uh, so because of that, of course, China still being a communist country uh, does not take kindly to people speaking out against the government. And uh, they've been, they haven't been silenced, but their message is never going to get into mainland China. I guess that's the best way to say it. In reality, that's really the only thing I found interesting about the film. Um, reading between the lines, if you will, to see Yao's take on the current situation in China and Hong Kong, 
that's uh quite interesting to try to read into what he's saying and how it prevails to that situation. But as a gangster film, it falls flat. Um, there are some elements of the great film Election, the great Johnny Toe film, but this never gets to the level of that film. In fact, I feel this really was just a vehicle to get Yao's political manifesto out. And I'm not completely against that, but I still think you could have made a better film by doing it. There is an underlying theme about fatherhood uh, in the film that almost seems out of place. But in reality, if that was more of the focus of the film, I think it's a significantly, significantly, sorry, better movie. The acting was okay, but, you know, as I've stated in the past when talking about Anthony Wong, he's someone who can be inconsistent in his performances. He is usually very good, you know, pretty much everything he does, but sometimes his performances come off a little flat or, I don't want to say over the top, but just, I don't know, uneven. I hate to say this because I really like him and it sounds like a dig at him, but I've just seen a couple of films that I almost felt like he kind of slept walk through. This just seems like one of those films. Chapman Toe and Philip Kung were exceptional in this film, though. Um, Chapman Toe is a really underrated actor. He does a lot of films that aren't very mainstream, and he's good in those films, but because of that, he's not really recognized as well as other actors. Philip Kung, who I, uh, I think he is really a fine, fine actor, and I think in the coming years, we're going to start seeing his name a little higher in the list of cast, and deservedly so. I thought he was very good in this film, playing Luke, who is kind of Chapman Toad's character's second, if you will. There are a lot of violent gang fights, and the action there is decent. I'm not sure why they chose to CGI the gore, but okay, whatever. It was an artistic choice by Herman, I guess. But outside of that, it did kind of remind me a little bit of the Young and Dangerous films, a lot of street gang violence and what have you. Um, of course, not on the level of Young and Dangerous, but uh, it did have a little bit of, brought me back to that. Um, the entire film really, uh, again, as well as the lecture, I thought it had a lot of elements of Young and Dangerous. So in summation, what we have here was a few artists that used the guise of a gangster film to tell their personal stuff to audiences. And I think most of the non-Chinese who watch this won't even get that fact. They won't even, unless they're told and maybe look for it. I mean, I'll be honest, I knew going in that that was the story. So, of course, that made me see that. But if you don't, you might go right over your head about what the hidden agenda is here. But, you know, of course, this is not made for non-Chinese audiences. This is, you know, made for the people of Hong Kong who are living through this. And I think those audiences easily uh, grasp what's being told here. But honestly, unless you're interested in the political aspect of the film, you should probably give it a pass. Uh, I, for once, found that element interesting enough for not only to not only be totally thrown off by it, but I actually found it a little engaging just to try to make connections with those parallels I spoke about earlier. But 
I can't review this for me. I have to review this for all of you. And that's why, unfortunately, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10. Because, like I said, unless you're interested in looking into that, you know, political parallels that they're talking about, then I don't think the film is going to be particularly enjoyable to you. And I've talked to a few people at the festival who felt that way. They just did not enjoy the film at all. Um, I probably enjoyed it more than most of the people who were viewing it. So, like I said, I gave it a 4 out of 10. Um, it's not a terrible film, but it's just, if you're looking for, oh, I want to see a Hong Kong gangster film, there's a lot better choices you can do than this. Okay, next, which of course is usually our old school selection. And as I said when I'm the last show, I'm going to be taking liberties with the usual format here. And so that's the reason why what really probably should have been my headliner I'm putting in this slot, which is My Beloved Bodyguard, made in China in 2016. And why is this in the old school slot? Well, because it's starring and directed by Sammo Hung who, uh, of course, the immortal Sammo Hung, who plays the character O Ding, who is an aging, I guess, hero, if you want to call him. And so that's why we'll put him in the old school <laughs> slot of the show. Also starring Jack Fang, who plays our antagonist, Choi. Should know him from Rise of a Legend, Control. Uh, you should know him from those films. Also... I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but I believe it's King King Lee, who plays Mrs. Park. I'm really not familiar with her. Um, I know she was in a film called Butterfly Lovers, uh, that's, which I didn't see, but I did hear of. Uh, the rest of her filmography, as I looked over it, were titles I really haven't heard of. But she was wonderful in this film, uh, if that's any consolation. Also starring Andy Lau in supporting role as Lee. Of course, Andy Lau, um, along with, I would say, Chow Yun-Fat is my favorite Hong Kong actors right now. He's known for Firestorm, Infernal Affairs, Running Out of Time, countless of other films. Uh, Andy Lau, just an amazing actor. I thought a great addition. This was a really an all-star cast, really. Uh, the cameos from some of the people here were amazing. And also, I want to add one more... Uh, actress to this, and that's Jacqueline Chen Puyin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who plays Cherry? She was also in Firestorm. She was in White Storm. She was in the film Robbery, which I reviewed uh, last year. Young actress, and uh, really, to me, a big time up and comer. And the tagline for this film: "There's no age limit on righteousness." So. This is about an aging ex-soldier leading a quiet life in retirement who must come to the aid of his young neighbor who is caught up in a vicious gang's pursuit of her father. So, I have to start out with the ridiculous reviews I have seen bashing this film. And I usually try to never comment on other reviews and I won't go into any specific review or any one specific review of this film. But to see what I had written about this made me shake my head. This is not your old school Samuel Hung film. If you want to see that, go get a copy of Knockabout or Dragons Forever or Prodigal Son that I uh, reviewed a couple of shows of uh, past. 
This is an older Sammo. This is 20 years since Sammo's last directorial film. And he's telling a story about an older hero. This is not an action film. Are there fight scenes? Yes. But that doesn't make it an action film. Are they a ton of old school stars in this? Yes. But they're mostly just cameos. So what? The film is delightful. It's got a little of everything. It has some comedy, some tragedy, some action, some violence, even a bit of a love story squeezed in. It's heartwarming, and yet it's sad too. I heard the comparison made to Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino, and I hate having to use someone else's comparison on my show, but a better comparison can't be made by me, and actually it was Grady Hendrix of Subway Cinema who made that comparison to me uh, personally before the film, and then he actually, when he introduced the film to the audience at the New York Asia Film Festival, he also made a comparison, and it's spot on, really it is. If you've seen Gran Torino, the Clint Eastwood film, uh, which he directed as well and starred in, this is, the similarities are very, very strong in this film. The story of a man wanting to do right yet suffering from early signs of Alzheimer's is very real and relatable, I think, to many. It's truly a feel-good story, and you root for Ding in his quest to right these wrongs. Add to that the wonderful casting of directorial legends Karl Maka, Dean Sheck, and Choi Hawk as three elderly townsmen who sit around all day gossiping with such a great touch. The acting was very good in my opinion, especially the young Jacqueline, who is insufferably adorable. And her on-screen chemistry with Samuel was just simply a joy to watch. Uh, look out for this young actress. She's going to be around a long time. And as I said, Andy Lau was possibly my favorite current Hong Kong actor. He's just stellar in a supporting role. And while not a ton of on-screen time, he delivers fully in what he's given, which really... Seriously, if you're a fan of Andy Lau, does that surprise you? Um, even in a supporting role, uh, that he's just fantastic in it, it's no surprise to me. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm just uh, a geek when it comes to Andy Lau. There is one major fight scene in the film, and it's great. Samuel taking on an entire gang of thugs and then some Russian hitmen by himself. Should be enough to quench those of you aching to see some great Samo choreography. Yes, was there a lot of act? No, basically that one good and that one scene, the one sequence is long. It's not like a five minute sequence. It's a good part of the film. And I think that if you wanted to see some action and some Samo kung fu and what have you, I, I think that that's there for you and it's enjoyable and you should take that for what it is. Love that part of it and really be open-minded for the rest of this. The score, which I wanted to talk about, which I don't talk about often in films, but this was especially nice as well. The using of both English and Chinese music was a pleasure for me to hear, especially when we hear Bill Withers' classic Ain't No Sunshine, which I just thought was simply fantastic where it was placed in the film. Really, really thought it was just a fantastic touch uh, to this film. I don't know if Chinese audiences agree to that. As uh, a Westerner who absolutely loves that song, um, I just really, really was taken back when, when it started to play. 
Uh, and in case you haven't been able to tell yet, uh, I really enjoyed this film. If you're just an action or kung fu fanatic and that's all you care about, this film may not be for you. Um, don't watch it and complain because Samuel didn't make the movie you wanted him to. Instead, watch the film that he wanted to make and enjoy it for what it is. And I think if you do that and you open your mind that this is not a kung fu film, this is not an all-out action film, a story of a bunch of different elements, but at the core is about the relationship of a man approaching the end of his life and a young girl starting hers. And I think if you look at that aspect of the film, it's really a great film. I gave the film a 7.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Um, you should be able to find this. I don't know if it's been released in America on DVD yet. If not, I'm sure it will be soon. But it should be a film that you'll be able to get a hold of fairly easily uh, pretty soon. Okay, it's time for a wild card selection. And, uh, of course, usually our wild cards are older films. But uh, because we've seen films at the New York Kids of Film Festival, which are all mostly new films, we're going to have a new film here. And the one I picked for this was Trivisa or Trivisa, depending on uh, who you talk to, how they pronounce the film. It's made out of Hong Kong in 2015. Directed by Frank Hui, Javans Ao, and Vicky Wong. Uh, three basically unknown Johnny Toe protégés. Starring Richie Jen as Yip, who you would know from Exiled, uh, Punished, Accident. He's a good actor. Uh, Gordon Lamb as Kwai who's been really as a supporting actor his entire career, but he's starting to move up that ladder. We've seen it over the last few years, getting uh, much bigger roles as he moves on. Uh, you've seen him in Firestorm, uh, Z-Storm, Drug War. And again, he's a guy that does keep an eye on, like does really notice it year by year. His name always seems a little higher in the credits. And uh, he's got the co-starring role here. And I thought it was a great choice. And also, Jordan Chan, who plays Chuck. Uh, Jordan Chan, who, of course, will always be known, as far as I'm concerned, and I think most older Hong Kong film fans, as Chicken from the Young and Dangerous films. Um, that's It's just hard to see him and not say that's Chicken. Uh, he's just so attached to that role. Also... Uh, had a great one, Big Bullet. I think he even got nominated for an award for that film. And Philip Kung as Phi, who I spoke about uh, at the top of our show, as a supporting actor who I think is really on the rise. And uh, he uh, is here in the supporting role and put, turns in a great performance as well. We'll talk about that a little more in a little while. Uh, my tagline for this film, Kings of Crime Unite. So, what is this one about? Well, this is really interesting. This is a story based on three of Hong Kong's most notorious real-life criminals and the rumor surrounding their plans to come together to launch the biggest heist ever. This is Johnny Toe's baby, and he let three young, relatively unknown directors make it. Of course, under his watchful eye, but... It's just the kind of thing that has endeared Mr. Toe into the hearts of his legion of fans, I among them. 
This is simply a great story being told. The audience has no way of knowing where this is going, and that truly helps to make this great, even if you know the true stories about the real-life gangsters that are being portrayed. This movie is really carried by some amazing performances, possibly the best Jordan Chan I've seen in 15 years. Richie Jen, Gordon Lamb are also excellent, uh, all having very distinct characters, which is probably due to each character's storyline being directed separately by each of the three directors. Add to that another very good performance by Philip Kung, as I said, who plays the longtime friend of the very dangerous Kwai. Um, I thought he was very good in this. I know it sounds like this podcast to be a subtitle of the Philip Kung Show, because I think he was just really understated uh, in both the films that I reviewed in here as really doing a fine job in a supporting role. Back to the film, though. There is some action, but I refrain from really calling it an action film. I really found it to be more of kind of a thriller drama with a ton of both funny and also harrowing moments tossed in. The story is just so smart, as I said. Uh, the entire concept is really fresh and fun. And I fully expect Hollywood to do something similar uh, very soon. Uh, Hollywood is desperate for ideas. And I just think something like this is something I could see a Hollywood writer trying to use as an inspiration for something. Of course, the film is fiction. It's more of a what-if scenario. Uh, how much of this is possibly real? Maybe none of it. Maybe parts. We really don't know. Um, it's just Johnny taking a rumor from many years ago and running with it. And this is really a slick piece of storytelling and one I think you will enjoy as much as I did. And the closing scene was fantastic and got a great reaction from the crowd at the New York Agent Film Festival. So this is a really a film I really think you need to check out. I really recommend it highly. I gave it an 8 out of 10. And uh, check this out. Um, I'm pretty sure it's already out in uh, Hong Kong. And so if you go to places like DVD House and stuff and uh, or other places like that, I think they, there is DVDs available for it. I don't know if WellGo or any other American studio is going to release it here, but I really think they should, so let's hope that they do. Or if not, uh, let's hope at least we get it um, on Netflix. I think it's going to be. I really feel that uh, Netflix will wind up adding this in the next few months. It's really, to me, that's a really slick film and a really enjoyable watch. And okay, that's our show. As I said at the top, the New York Agent Film Festival just ended last night. And, and it was another fantastic job done by Rufus, Samuel, Grady, and all the rest. These guys make you feel like family. And believe me, it's a family I'm proud to be part of. I still have quite a bit of films that I saw to review for you. So our next show will be uh, later in the week where I'll discuss some of them. Most notably, the South Korean smash hit Inside Men. I'm also going to delve into the wonderful A Violent Prosecutor, as well as a couple others. So stay tuned for that coming soon. And as always, I want to thank you guys for listening, and bye-bye.